0: Today, I'm going to wrap up the series that I have been uh, preaching on, The Characters of Christmas. And we're going to go a little bit of a different route, looking at the role of some characters that don't get discussed all that much when it comes to the story of Christmas, but yet they play a pivotal role in the story. Christmas carols are sang about them, but seldom do they get the attention they deserve for the role that they play in the Christmas story. And how many of you know the Christmas story is not just a story in isolation. It's not just in a vacuum. The Christmas story is part of the salvation plan of God. And so we need to look at it in that context. This is the unveiling, the manifestation, the breaking into the world, the the inaction of the salvation plan of God. Beginning with the Savior himself being born into the world. So the direction we're going to go today is we're going to look at these characters called angels and the role that they play in the Christmas story. And in doing so, I'm going to recount the last several weeks because they've been involved in each of the stories that I've already covered in the past several weeks, beginning with Luke, verses 13, through 17, remember our boy, Zechariah, God had to mute him because he didn't believe. But he was just going about doing a normal thing. He was in the temple. Everybody praying outside, he, the lot fell upon him, like uh, the roll of the dice fell upon him, and it was his duty to burn the incense in the temple and the aroma and the smoke that emanated from the incense was to symbolize the prayers of the saints wafting up into the presence of God. It may have been a roll of the dice in the natural, but there was nothing lucky about it. There was no happenstance about it. It was all a part of the plan of God. We take risks. We take chances. And sometimes The result, we sum it up as lucky or unlucky. But oftentimes, it is the divine will and plan of God that is taking place in our lives. Now, we may not like it. If we don't like the result, it's hard for us to process in our mind that God is at work here. But we've got to come to grips with the fact that God's will must be preeminent in our minds, must be preeminent in our hearts, must be preeminent in our lives. And whether it is something that's pleasing to me or discomforting to me, what matters most is that God's will is being done. And if it's discomforting to me, then I'll rejoice in the fact. I can't rejoice in the discomfort, but I can rejoice in the fact that God's will is being done. And somehow, some way. Through my discomfort, through my sacrifice, God is being magnified that others might come to know him. And if I've got to go through discomfort so that Jesus can be known, praise God. Because he went through more than discomfort so that I might be saved. So our first character is Zechariah. And remember, his wife Elizabeth was barren. And we talked about, or I shared with you, how much of a stigma, how much of a reproach that brought on people, because one of God's commands was for you to be fruitful and multiply. So the general thinking was that if God, made, God allowed you to be barren, there must be something wrong between you and God. There must be something wrong with you. There's something that has caused God to not make you able to be fruitful and multiply. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And it said, These were godly people who walked right before the Lord. They were righteous, and yet this stigma rested on their heads. And yet they still faithfully served God. And it and and once they kept faithfully praying. They kept believing that God could do something until they finally reached advanced years. And when they reached advanced years, it was no more about her being barren. now she's at an age where she can't have a baby. Now it's impossible. Isn't it interesting that God waited until it was impossible physically to have a baby, to finally answer a prayer that they had been sending up to God every, or for decades, I'll put it that way, for decades. We don't know when God will move. We don't know when God will answer our prayers. But make no, don't make the mistake of thinking that because there's been a long passage of time that you've been praying to God without the answer to that prayer that God has said no to that prayer because for Zechariah and Elizabeth it wasn't no it was not now and they didn't know until they reached a stage in their life where having children couldn't happen unless God miraculously made it made it happen and sometimes that's how God wants to work where it can't be said that it was luck that it cannot be said that it was just favorable circumstances that you found a way to make it happen it it the 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 testimony cannot be anything other than this has to be the work of the Lord i don't know why God would let them go through decades of that reproach and that stigma, but I know because we read the story that God had them marked all that time they were going to be the parents of the one who would be who would pave the way for the Messiah to come but the angel verse 13 said to him remember he's just offering up incense and prayers He's doing an everyday thing. He's doing a normal thing. He's not doing anything amazing. And all of a sudden, an angel pops up. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. All those prayers, seemingly unanswered. He said God heard them the whole time. And now he's decided to answer it. And you will have joy and gladness in place of the stigma. So it doesn't matter what phase of life you're in, God can meet you there. God can work in your life. God can do the miraculous in your life. And God can use you to have great impact in the lives of others. There is no too young. There is no too old with God. There is no too early, there is no too late. And now, in the place of the stigma and in, 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 in the place of, uh, of the whispers and, 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 all this, and all the judgments against them, they will have joy and gladness. Joy and gladness is yours in the Lord. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning Prepared. It was an angel heralding to Zechariah this is the time in history that the Messiah is about to be born. But before he's born You have a role to play, you and your beloved Elizabeth. There is one to be born that will be in the spirit and power of Elijah. God has chosen you, you godly man and woman. You faithful man and woman of God who has endured so much to bring that baby into the world. To pave the way for the Messiah. To make ready a people for the Lord. Amen. Do you think that they felt like all they went through was worth it? Did that news make whatever they've gone through worth it? Would that be the case for you? How many times in our lives have we gone through things? Oh, I'll personalize it. That I went through things. Y'all have heard me say when I flunked myself out of college I prayed to God God don't let this happen I've learned the error of my ways I'll actually go to class I will, I will put in the work never been in academic trouble lost my head for about three semesters it just, it just happened I'm not going to lie to you God did not answer that prayer. I I ended up going back home. I left Waxahachie, Texas. I left there the model that the coaches told the younger guys coming after me to model themselves after. I came back the opposite of that. And I had plans. I had plans that involved the NFL. I had plans. And so forth. But you know what? God had a different plan for my life. And I was so tunnel visioned on my plan. God didn't, I wasn't even sensitive. I wasn't even trying to hear what God's plan was for my life. But when my plan got wrecked and I got humbled, all of a sudden, now I'm crying out to God, I want to hear what, I want to hear from God, And I found out in that time that I was out of school, I found out that God had a plan for my life that was radically different from the plan that I had A plan I didn't expect, a plan, a plan I didn't think I was qualified for, a plan that I never would have seen for myself. but God had a plan for me. To preach his word. He'll be a minister of the gospel and I cannot believe. Lord have mercy. Goodness gracious. Wow. I know I know my wife's gonna have plenty to say after that. <laughs> But when that happened, there were people who, were, who played a role, who, who actively made sure that I didn't get another chance. And I held judgments against those people. And I was mad at God for how he can let those things happen and everything. And so, you know, I felt like that person, why should it matter to them? Why should they take a proactive stance to prevent anyone who might be inclined to give me favor from giving me favor? But after, it took me a year, year and a half or so to get myself in order, to get back to school, got back here, graduated, all handled my business like I should have handled it in the first place. But after having gone through it, seeing how God worked, I was able to look back upon all that happened differently. The people that I was angry at and hated, all of a sudden I saw them as agents used by God to do what needed to be done for me to learn the lesson I needed to learn. And so when I came back to school, as fate would have it, I bumped into one of those people and I could tell they were bracing because they didn't know. They thought the guy that left was still the same guy. But God had done a work in my heart, and I went to that person, and I went to her. I made a beeline for her, not to tell her off, but to thank her, because I told her, God used you to affect his will in my life. If you hadn't done what you did, I don't know that I would have ever put myself in a position where I could hear God's plan for my life. But because you stuck to your guns and you did the hard thing, God has spoken to me. God is moving in my life. He's using me and he has me on the righteous path. And that, and I wanted you to know the role that you played in that. Perspective changed because now I see the result of how God worked in my life. And I know we all probably have our stories uh, like that. And Elizabeth and Zechariah, I believe, reached that point. She gets pregnant at a time in her life where it should be impossible. God's blessed her. And they, under, and they were told by the angel the purpose of God in that. And, you know, the word used in the Bible for angel is, uh, is messenger. So, and what we have is this holy event, this supernatural event is happening wouldn't it make sense that God's messengers are going all over the place sharing the message of the good news of what's about to happen and what's happening around people? People, How many people are oblivious to what's going on, but God is sending his, sending his messengers to the people who need to know? Because they have a part to play. God sent his messengers to the people who... hey blame that on apple i don't know what happened there i don't know i don't even know what i did there uh, i guess that was serious brother or something i don't know I don't know what y'all are going to remember most about this message, D. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But we're talking about... Later on in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, we have, after the angel has spoken to Zechariah, Zechariah went home to Elizabeth, and she got pregnant. She's pregnant with child. The angel then goes and engages a girl named Mary. In verse 30, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. These people don't know that there's angels engaging them in separate places at separate times. But the angels of God are at work. And just like Zechariah was doing a mundane task that anybody, you know, just every day, he's just going about his business in the temple. Mary was going about her business. She's engaged. She's going to be married. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel shows up. Just like he did to Zechariah. Tells her not to be afraid. You found favor with God. I'm interrupting your normal everyday life, right We're interrupting your program, the program of your life. We've got something airing from heaven, right and it's intersecting with your life because God has a plan and a purpose for you. That that because you have a role to play in in the in the, the in His divine plan of salvation. This woman's a virgin; she's engaged to a man, and the angel is telling her something. In the natural, it's crazy. I want you to be the mother of the Messiah. I want you to sign off. Be okay with becoming divinely impregnated by someone other than the man you're engaged to. Yeah, people are going to whisper. People are going to question. People are going to do the math. You know, the birth, the uh, the, the the due date, and uh, back tra- back back trace it to the wedding date, and <laughs> probably figure out either. They consummated before the marriage or that or that baby ain't his. You know, subject yourself to this. People are going to whisper, people are going to speculate. Saying yes means you're saying yes to the speculation. You're saying yes to people questioning your character and not believing your story. Are you willing to do that for the will of God to be manifest in your life and you know what she said she said yes i don't think another human being can deliver that message and and it come across the same way as when a divine being comes to you and tells you that this is the will of the lord so i don't know that she says yes if just an average joe or jane came and said you know what here's what i'm thinking god wants you to do But there is that angel present again. That's, and that angel, let's go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. I know if I was her fiancé, her husband-to-be, I'd have some questions. I, I, I'd have some problems. I, I, you, know, uh, you know, there'd be an interrogation. Say what? God would have to confirm to me the truth of that. Otherwise, I'm gone. See, when an angel approached Mary, Mary needed to first give her yes to bearing the son of God. But the calling wasn't just hers, it was theirs as a couple. And that's confirmed by the angel speaking to her fiancé in a dream. Matthew 1 verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly that means it was evident it was known they had an intense moment of fellowship it didn't go well and he decided this is not going to happen but there's no need to drag her reputation to the mud in the process but i don't know what happened there but i don't believe it was of god so i am gone it's really All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Jesus woke, I mean when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So the angel came with the good news to Zechariah and Elizabeth, told them that they were going to have a child, what gender that child was going to be, and told them what to name the kid. And told them how his life was going to play out. (laughs) And the same thing happens here with Mary and Joseph. You're going to have a son. Here's what you're going to name him. Here is what he's going to do. God's plan is unfolding, and he's sending his messengers to announce his pending arrival. Amen. Angels just as these stories that I've just read all of y'all know if you've been here the past three weeks I've read those stories and angels have been present in all of these prior stories in this series to Zechariah when he was praying to Mary when she was just going about her business serious stuff y'all gonna have a kid you 80 year olds you're going to have a kid, virgin. Joseph, that, that fiancé of yours is about to have a kid that ain't yours. You're going to marry her. Here's what's going to happen. This is all part of God's divine plan. You guys are his divine agents. Welcome to the team. Together, we're going to tell the story of Christmas, and many will be saved. Many will place their faith in the one who is called Christ. And finally, we'll finish here in Luke chapter 2, shepherds. I know we covered this last week, but we didn't really emphasize the angels. We emphasized the shepherds and the role that they play. And we don't have to go, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but I'll go just read 8 to 15 ish. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. We got messengers in temples, we got uh, messengers uh, engaging. Uh, Mary, wherever she was at at the time, we've got them going out into the field with the shepherds, going every which way, all over the place with, them, with the same message. He's coming. The Messiah, the Savior of the world. Either he's coming or he's here. The shepherds Out of all the people, out of all the classes of people, we talked about how lowly the shepherds were at that time. It went from a noble profession to the bottom rung of society down uh, with the publicans and the sinners. There were ceremonies in the temple that the religious leaders wouldn't even allow them to participate in. They were just dirty, filthy shepherds in their minds. And isn't it interesting that God would send his messengers to announce to people in that profession who were viewed that way to herald the arrival of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So just like age doesn't matter, you're not too young, you're not too old, it's not too early, it's not too late. It also doesn't matter what side of the track you were were born on. As far as how God views you and whether or not God can use you to do great things in his name. You can be rich, you can be poor. Even in our poverty, we are rich in the Lord. Even in our lack, he is more than enough. Regardless of what we don't have, he is our provider. He's our Jehovah Jireh. He can provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So, you know, we really do need to get into... Discipline ourselves to get into the habit of not reducing God down to our limitations and our restrictions. But bringing him into our situations, when we bring God into our situations, limitations, restrictions, boundaries go out the window because there is nothing too hard for our God and nothing is impossible for him. Because our salvation... Because of what Adam did, we were lost. We were dead in our sins. There was nothing we could do to redeem ourselves. There's nothing we can do to make things right with God. God, in his mercy and his great love for us, did the impossible for us. He did what only he could do. And he loved us so much, he became sin for us so that, We might become the righteousness of God in him, in Christ Jesus, this baby that was born, was born to go to the cross for us. The final verse I'm gonna share is out of first Peter and then I'll bring the message to a close and we can all have some Christmas cookies together. (laughs) (laughs) You remember me saying earlier in the message that, you know, this isn't just, we need to be careful. A lot of people don't know this story. They know about Christmas and it's just gift giving and gift getting and all those things and and Christmas is a season that can bring out the best in us and you know we we want to uh, bless people and 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 uh, do nice things for people and everything and all those things are all those things are good, but we have to make sure that we are mindful of the reason of the, for the season that we are keeping things in proper perspective here now we're not talking about some event that just happened in history you know this isn't the history channel this is this, th- that was just the beginning of the unfolding of the salvation plan of God that is still reverberating throughout history today What happened on that night matters to us today. What happened on that night matters to everyone around us. Uh, First Peter chapter one. starts the first eight or nine verses talking about the living hope that we have having been born again the salvation uh, plan of the Lord being revealed and, and unfolding and then he says starting in verse 10 concerning this salvation the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully wanting to know this inquiring what person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories the prophets God is giving them visions he's giving them glimpses of the future and it's like who will it be when will it happen you know, they're up here, they're excited about these things. They, they aren't going to live to see those things, but it doesn't mean that that wasn't something that they desperately wanted to know. As desperately as we needed the salvation of the Lord, they desperately wanted to have answers to those questions. Inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. Hallelujah. How, y'all, how many of y'all know as, as children, as sons and daughters of God, we are a part of those subsequent glories? It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. And I know this is written in Bible times, but that you... Still continues today. God was using them prophetically. And what he, you know, what emanated from them, what they wrote down, those prophecies that were to be fulfilled were for our benefit. They were serving us. That we might see, man, this was prophesied centuries before. All of these prophecies. And they say that this Christ, this Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the one foretold. He fulfilled all of these prophecies. So him fulfilling those prophecies is proof, is evidence that he is, the one that he is the one, he is the Lord. He is the Lord and Savior of all. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. Through him and through him alone is the salvation of the Lord. They were serving us, making as God used them what he said through them is evidence of he who would come. Now, it's through their prophecies and the fulfillment of those prophecies that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God. That Jesus Christ is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Amen? But again, we're talking about angels, aren't we? So it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. You know, but that, <laughs> what that says to me, I mean, the angels have their heart set on. You know, they, they, they're wondering, when, when is God's plan of salvation going to unfold? How is it going to unfold? What, how, how is it going to play out? They are waiting on bated breath. They were excited. Again, just as desperately as we needed the salvation of God, the angels were excited in, in anticipation of the plan of God unfolding. Looking intently into it. Honored to be a part of Sending them. Okay, who do you want me to go to, God? All right. Uh, uh, Oh, we deliver this message. Yes, Lord. Happy to be a part of it and to see the plan of salvation. The, The plan of salvation isn't for them; it's for us. And yet, they look intently upon these things. They care. They cared about God's plan of salvation coming to pass. For the benefit of our salvation. Are you hearing me today? In the presence of these angels, because they're not natural beings, it tells me that the Christmas story itself is a supernatural story. It is, when you think about it, we don't think about it that way. It's a supernatural story. What happened here was not natural. If I may be blunt, old people ain't supposed to be able to have babies. Supernatural. Virgins aren't supposed to be able to have babies. Supernatural. Right? It, angels. In, in it being obvious that they're angels, not taking on human form, they are they are engaging with and communicating with people the plan of God that they could not know otherwise. And they weren't there for Jesus' birth but the wise men. They show up nearly two years later and they started traveling when they saw his star. So that means wherever they came from it took almost two years for them to get there. And somehow they knew that that star represented he who was to be born, the king of the Jews, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You can't have that revelation unless it's supernaturally given to you. And they had no doubt about it because they endured, you know, they didn't have trains and planes and automobiles. They didn't have any of that stuff. It, it, it was hard and it was long and, and arduous for them to travel and yet they traveled because they wanted to see and they went to the king Herod hey of course they're excited about he's probably as excited about it as we are nope what'd you say somebody else is born to be king threaten my position hmm let me fool him you know what I would love to worship him why don't you go follow the star wherever it rests come back tell me so that I may worship him too Again, these divine beings, the Lord, this supernatural story, he knew his heart and warned them after they beheld the Lord, submitted their gifts. They went back another way because the Lord warned them of Herod's intent. And then spoke to him and Joseph in a dream saying, move this baby out of here. You get your wife and your baby out of here because they seek his life supernatural angels are the heralds of God's heavenly kingdom breaking into this world appearing everywhere temple young girl dreams shepherds and every time their message was the same Or about the same topic, the birth of Christ. And we read in Luke 8, after the initial angel announced the birth of Christ to the shepherds, we have this heavenly host singing, celebrating, exalting, and exalting the Lord. And based on the reaction of the angels to the shepherds, And what we read in Peter uh, about them looking intently into those things that pertain to the salvation plan of God. We should know that Jesus' birth was truly good news of great joy for all, for all, not just humans. It was good news for the angels as well. Even though it wasn't a salvation, they, they, they didn't need to be redeemed, but it was still great news and great joy for them. They rejoiced at the salvation of the Lord. It was truly good news and great joy for us and for these angelic hosts that were messengers of God spreading the good news to all those characters, to all those people in every walk of life that God marked to play a role in the Christmas story in God's plan of salvation. So Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the angels, all of those characters show us that when Jesus entered this world, God was showing us his love for everyone. I'm not going to rail against commercialization and Christmas, you know, hey, I enjoy getting gifts. I'm not taking any of mine back. is tradition and a lot of times traditions in and of themselves are not bad as long as we don't let them get out of control and in these whatever your familial whatever your personal traditions are Christmas can tend to become an inward-focused holiday, and I would just challenge us not to allow that to be the case. You know, we getting, we receiving gifts from others, we giving gifts to others, and 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 all those things. You know, just make sure that it's not inward-focused. We're going to spend some money on ourselves. We're going to spend some money on one another. That's that's cool. It's nothing wrong with we're doing those things. Nothing wrong. We're doing those things in the celebration of the birth of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but I'll ask you what can you do this Christmas to reflect the scope of the Christmas story, what it's really about. In our little story about Jack finally got the christmas cookie that he'd been pining for <laughs> the whole time he wanted two things he wanted his daddy home and he wanted a christmas cookie the knock on the door wasn't daddy but he had his christmas cookie It mattered when he was inward focused. But something clicked. The story of the Christmas cookie that was shared to him really rang in his heart. And it changed from an inward focus to an outward focus. Now he wanted to propagate the true meaning of Christmas. And he gave that story to an old man. He gave the cookie and the story to the old man and he wasn't sad about it praise god (laughs) right and so um you know so i want you to i want you to take that cue from from little jack consider taking some of the time you usually spend on your your personal traditions and use it instead to serve someone else in some way Uh, maybe our daily bread or some other kind of, you know, a soup kitchen or something or or volunteer uh, at one of the thrift places or something, you know, something but you could be a blessing to someone who is in need like the old man who knocked on their door. Or maybe spend a little less on presence and a little more on supporting missions. And I uh, told Christy about this last night. Uh, Brittany was in there too when I told her yesterday, I'm on my way to OKC, uh, buy a couple of gifts. I'm traveling on 33 heading towards uh, 35. So I'm traveling west on 33. You never know what to expect. But I came this close to probably not being here today. because there was a convoy of cars on 33 traveling east and um you talk about angels uh, I believe one was with me and helped because a guy tried to pass about four or five cars at the same time coming back east and here I am I'm going 65 I'm and he's going at least that and I look and I see him coming and you know the 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 thing that worried me is that I don't know can he clear that car and make it over in time will he swerve toward the shoulder i, I i've got that sho- i got that shoulder on my mind I'm, i know i'm gonna have to swerve i don't want us both swerve the same way and ended up causing the same thing that we're trying to avoid but as it as it turned out we missed each other barely i was on the shoulder i fishtailed but i straightened it out and he managed to uh get whatever cut the car right in front of him it was one of those barely things and it's just and here i am a mixture of uh relief and anger and, <laughs> and uh you know and just thinking you know in in that blink of an eye that could have been such a different outcome you know and in that moment I couldn't help but just thank the Lord that that it was the outcome that it was. And so, you know, and I'm like, Lord, I I just know somehow, some way, you divinely helped that individual get out of the way and get over, and you helped us avoid each other. And uh, you know, you're not done with me yet. <laughs> and so so uh, I, I wanted to give that testimony of, that was t- something that was totally out of my control and minding my own business. I'm, you know, I am uh, doing what I typically do this time of year. Um, you know, mad scramble to get gifts I could have gotten weeks or months ago. <laughs> but, you know, but uh, someone else is, uh, poor judgment could have led to tragedy but god amen and so uh, god is able to work in our lives in ways that we know and ways that we don't know god spared me yesterday and enabled me to stand before you here today god has spared you and he's brought you this far he's done it for a reason That means he's not done with you. That means he has great purpose in your life, great purpose for you. Amen? Amen. And so I would just encourage you to really engage God and give him your yes, like Zechariah and Elizabeth did, like Mary and Joseph did. Even when that yes is hard, give it to him. The shepherds, the angels. because this Christmas story is too awesome and it plays too much too pivotal of a role in the salvation plan of God for us not to play our part I'm going to ask you to stand dear heavenly father bless your people Lord everyone In the sound of my voice, everyone who is here today, they're here by your divine will and purpose. They're not here by accident. Everyone is living in this time in history, not by accident, but by your divine will. They were born in this generation for such a time as this. And so you have uniquely qualified us, you've uniquely gifted us, you've uniquely placed us in this time in history. And Lord, I just pray that we engage you and that we seek you, not with our own plan and our own will, but seeking you for your will and your plan for our lives so that we might hear from you the role that you have called for us to play in this day and time that you have caused us to live. Let your will be done in us, in our lives, as it is in heaven, O oh God. We want to know, and Lord, whether it be angels, whether you speak to us through your Word, uh, Holy Spirit, through however you choose to do it, Lord, may we humble ourselves as the characters of Christmas did. We may have questions, but let those questions, let the motivation behind those questions be to get us to that, to help us get to that place of yes, Lord. Not doubt, not fear, not unbelief, but faith. Faith. Father, it is in the name of Jesus that we humble ourselves before you and we just say we love you. Thank you for loving us so wonderfully. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your plan of salvation, doing it the way that you did it. You've done it in a way that the truth cannot be denied. And we all, young, middle-aged, and old, every generation that's represented here today, every segment of society that's uh, that's represented here today, every demographic that's represented here today, We've said yes to the good news, the gospel. We've declared you as our Lord and Savior. And we look forward to, we, may, may we look forward to, may we, like the angels, look intently into and, and be excited, waiting on bated breath for you to unveil the part you want us to play in the furtherance of your gospel in this time in which we live. And I pray that each and every time, each and every one of us, if and w- when that moment happens, we'll respond in faith and obedience. Yes, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.